Hello and welcome to another episode of Awkward Piles with Crystal and Colton. I'm Crystal. And I'm Colton. Heck, yeck, indeed. Uh, we have got a very marvelous uh, episode for you today as all of our topics that we planned ahead of time are Marvel-related. That's not to say we won't talk about anything else, but... Uh, yeah, it's just kind of been, been a lot of stuff. So let's start, uh, of course, with Falcon Winter Soldier Episode 5. That was, a, that, was a, that was a heavy one, wasn't it? There's a lot going on, I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah. Um, a lot less action-oriented, very much a character-driven uh, episode. Um, and I really liked that. <laughs> yeah, I think it was a good... Um for lack of a better word, palate cleanser from like, how intense the ending of last week's episode was. Yeah. Um, now that's not to say it doesn't have its intense moments. We kind of pick up exactly where uh, that previous one left off with an incredible fight scene. Very brutal. Too. Yeah. Um, you know, Walker whipping, ripping off Sam's wings. Uh, them breaking his arm to get the shield from him. Uh, he, he almost killed Sam. The same way he killed that that flag smasher. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the moment where I was like, holy shit, dude. Well, um, that was pretty... That was pretty intense. And, I you guess, know, yeah. when, when they're trying to... When he realizes they're trying to get the shield from him, and he's like, it's mine, it's mine. I mean, that just really shows who this character is, huh? Mm-hmm. Yep, it's an all about him kind of situation. Yeah, it's very he's very entitled, you know. And of course, mm-hmm. we I, I think we talked about this last week where, like, we could already tell that the way he goes around introducing himself, he makes sure he's always introducing himself as Captain America. You know, he wants he wants the the respect that he thinks should go with that name. Um, so I find that I find that very interesting. Um, so then we move on and. And uh, Sam is kind of, you know, reconsidering what what to do, um, and he kind of just he kind of just leaves with the shield, and leaves the wings behind for Torres. Now I don't I don't remember if we've talked about this, but in the comics, Torres became the new Falcon when Sam became Captain America. So, I think that's exactly what they're setting up there with. You know, he's like, oh, you forgot your wings, keep them. <laughs> he's you know. Pretty- and it's really subtle too. Yeah, it's really subtle because I mean, almost as soon as he says like, "Ah, just keep them," like there's only a brief couple of seconds before like shot switches up and it's, mm-hmm. you know, what's his face in the uh, courtroom? In the courtroom, yeah. Um, which I I saw a great um, I saw a great like little analysis of that scene. The way he's he's yelling at them, saying, you made me, I only did what you told me to do. I think that's supposed to be, like, some sort of commentary on, on you know, how, how the military treats people and, and the kind of values that it, that it instills, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Which is not... There's, like, a moment, too, right there, where, like, knowing what I know about the military and stuff, it was kind of like... I kind of sympathize with him just for half a second, like, mm-hmm. just because it's like, yeah, you're kind of right, dude. Like, they do just craft you into this super soldier, essentially. Yeah. And 
you would like seems like an order that you would carry out if they told you to do it oh yeah absolutely um and um you know i you i predicted last week that they were going to use this as some sort of commentary on police brutality and is it weird that i'm slightly disappointed he like got immediate um consequences of his actions like i kind of wish they had explored that that commentary a little bit well um they said like a non-honorable discharge. Yeah, other than honorable, which is yeah. a weird, a weird way to avoid saying dishonorable. Yeah. Um, I don't know so if that's what like was wrong, but we're not going to tell you that. Like, we aren't super opposed to it. Yeah, which we kind of do get a little bit in that next scene with our, with what who turned out to be our our new surprise character, uh, Val Valentino. Uh, not... I don't know much about her. Yeah, so, in the comics, she's one of many who have taken up the name of, of Madame Hydra, and that could be what she's doing here. But the way she spoke to Walker seemed very much like she was perhaps trying to recruit him for something. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the the greatest choice of your life will be, will be answering the phone when I call. Uh, could that perhaps be Thunderbolts, maybe? He'd be a good fit for that team. Um, and what is the significance of, like, the all-black card that she gave him? Is there any significance to I have her? no idea. But one thing that is interesting to note is if everything had released when it was supposed to, if nothing had been delayed from COVID or anything, uh, we were supposed to have met this character already because she was going to appear in Black Widow. And while she still is going to appear in Black Widow, but we were supposed to have met her first there. So that's interesting. Maybe maybe we'll get some clarification on if that's Thunderbolts or not. Ross is in that movie, so it could, you know. I really want to see the Thunderbolts happen in the MCU. I think I think it'd be great. Um I think I think Walker would be a great a great fit for that team. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you need Red Hulk. It's it, it, the team is called the Thunderbolts. At least the first iteration of the team needs Thunderbolt Ross. Um, Ghost from Ant Man and the Wasp. I think she'd be a good fit. I'd love to see her character come back. Um, I really liked Ghost. No yeah, I I did too. I liked how you know they they gave her like a tiny bit of a redemption, but they weren't like, oh, you're completely good now. But yeah. Like, they made her very sympathetic, and they've been doing a lot of sympathetic villains recently, which is good, because that makes them more interesting, but for her, it was just a completely, I just bumped my table there, for her, it was just a completely different um, level, um, and I think I think she's been getting ignored too much, <laughs> you know? The Ant-Man movies just kind of get ignored too much, I think. <laughs> yeah. I had a buddy we were talking about, like, ignored villains the other day, and we said, like, Obadiah was one of them, and then Ghost was one of them. Yeah. It's just, why are people sleeping on the Ant-Man movies? Like, they're so good. They're they're wholesome. They're fun. It's Paul Rudd, for crying out loud. Who doesn't like Paul Rudd? Who doesn't yeah. like Paul Rudd? Um, yeah, so, I've, 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 been th- I've been thinking about, like, the roster I'd like to see, but I, I, think, I think we have a few more characters to get introduced. Um, I could definitely see Taskmaster, if he survives Black Widow. Making it to making it onto the Thunderbolts, um, 
I hope he. I hope he does. I hope we can see more of him because he's a very interesting character in the comics. A lot of a lot of depth to him. So, anyway, um, from there, the rest of the episode kind of just calms down a bit. Uh, we get we get Sam going back home and and working on the boat, and Bucky joins him, and it's very. It's just very wholesome and, and domestic. Yeah. <laughs> um, just seeing them get some time together and Yeah, it was it was really nice. Just like casual things about how, you know, Bucky's talking about how he's right handed so he doesn't always think to use the metal arm for things and Which I thought was so interesting. Yeah. You don't really like think about that when you're a viewer. You're just like, oh, Bucky's got a yeah. left arm. But it does remind me. I saw someone made an analysis when Bucky is Bucky, he leads with his with his right hand when he's fighting. When he's the Winter Soldier, he leads with the metal arm when he's fighting, because that's probably how they trained him as the Winter Soldier. Huh. So I find that very interesting, and the fact that like in these in like throughout all these movies, they've been thinking about that. You know. Little continuity, yeah. So just just those little subtleties in there are are a great reason why you know Marvel works so well. Yeah. Yep. You know, even if you don't notice it, like you're noticing it subconsciously, and it's at least even if you don't like not understand the reason, it's at least telling you there's something different here. And um, even because if you don't notice it, like yeah. someone else is gonna point it out. To yeah. You and, and your mind just picks up on little things like that. Um, oh yeah. That's actually, like, why a lot of people think that, like, oh, they predict the future in their dreams. It's because your mind has already picked up that that's what's going to happen. The, you know, whatever clues or whatever have been left around in your life that this is about to happen. Um, that you haven't consciously put together. Your subconscious did in, in through the process of your dream. Uh, you know? <laughs> so. So there's a potential I may be joining, like, a totally kick-ass boy band here within the next few <laughs> years. So that'd be pretty cool. <laughs> Um, so yeah, but ah, there were a lot of great moments just there, you know, them fixing the boat together. Um, when, when Bucky wakes up and, and Sam's nephews are playing with the shield, I thought that was a great moment because it showed that even as horrible as John was, um, he couldn't taint the image of Captain America. You know, these kids still looked up to that, to that symbol and... And and especially with that shot at the end of Sam's uh, training sequence when his nephew's like tracing the star. That was that was a great shot when he's tracing the star on the shield. Oh yeah. Um, but I I love the whole his whole like training montage too. Like you can act actively see him like getting better. Like you see the mistakes that he's making. He like throws it too hard and he wasn't ready to catch it yet and he has to duck. You know. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I, I, it's, that's interesting. Um, and then of course, you know, the big question, what's in the box? Um, obviously it's his, it's his new wings, right? It's gotta be. It's gotta be. He's gonna have vibranium wings. He's gonna have a suit. I mean, uh, the suit, the suit's already leaked. There was a toy leak. Was there really? <laughs> yeah. It looks good. Okay. <laughs> looks I gotta, good. I gotta see this now. But, um, yeah. But yeah, so it seems that that the the Wakandans designed his new suit. So I'm guessing I'm guessing at least vibranium wings, if not you know vibranium throughout the whole suit. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that suit's pretty sick. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Yeah. That's very sleek. <laughs> it, it does look very much based off of his, his comic book suit. So That's what, that's what I kind of... Because uh, I went on the subreddit and was like reading up on it a little bit. It's kind of what everyone said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, now, speaking of, we did kind of just... Speaking of the Wakandans, we did kind of gloss over uh, what's going on with Zemo there. Uh, he's going, he's going off to the raft, and all that. Uh, which, as we know, you know, Cap busted his buddies out of back at the end of Civil War. Um, what I, what I do think is interesting about Zemo is I think for those first couple episodes with him, I was like, I was like, oh, I feel like he could be on the Thunderbolts. But now that it seems so, like, apparent that, that Walker would join the Thunderbolts, there's no way Zemo would want to be on a team with him, you know? But that isn't to say it won't happen. You know, that could create a very interesting dynamic if it were to happen. They're yeah, being forced another, uh, to work together. Yeah, Captain Falcon Winter Soldier vibe, but on the uh, the baddies side. Yeah. Um. The question is just what would he do, though? You know, he doesn't really have any powers. um, And you can't have too many non-powered people on this team, you know? If we get get Yelena, um, who we will, we still don't know where her affiliations are going to lie by the end of the Black Widow movie, but she could potentially... And, well, that's the interesting thing about the Thunderbolts. Sometimes there have been heroes on the team. And it has become, and I, I think those are very interesting rosters for the team, where it's these heroes and villains being forced to work together. Um, but it's never like the big heroes. It's it's you know it's it's Hawkeye, it's Deadpool, it's Winter Soldier. You know those ones mm-hmm. that are in those those morally gray areas a little bit, but lean more towards being a hero. So there's a, there's a lot of potential for some Thunderbolts action, and I would love 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 to see it. Um, and then, of course, in this episode, uh, our first episode to get a to get a to get a post credit scene uh, with John Walker making his own shield. That thing's I gonna like be a dickhead. I didn't see that. Oh, that thing's gonna be ripped to shreds in a second. <laughs> I tell Did you, it like shit. I mean, he, he we don't see like the finished product, but he's just making it out of like regular steel. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so, like, he doesn't have vibranium, you know. He's, nah. And he's he's just making this in like a garage. <laughs> Good God. So, dude, just let go. Just he's like, let he's go. like welding it together, but <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. I I ah, oh, there's only one episode left. That's ah. Oh, I'm worried. <laughs> There's a lot of shit they got to unpack in this last episode. There is, well, is there, though? You know, how much of it is being saved for future projects? That's true. Know? That's true. That is the question. You know, again, like, this is this is likely just setting up Walker to continue his story in Thunderbolts. Um, yeah. I think the whole thing with Flag Smashers is definitely where it's going to come to a close here. Um, but, I mean, at this point... It seems like both Sam and Bucky have kind of already finished their their personal arcs that the show is setting up for them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Sam's ready to take on Captain, take on the mantle of Captain America, and Bucky is has has been able to 
make a breakthrough on his process towards healing through uh, talking with Sam, which I also just loved that Sam could get through to him in like the ways that the therapist couldn't. Bucky's therapist is awful. Yeah. Yeah. He's a horrible therapist. (laughs) I think, did we talk about this already? I think we had to have. We had to. Maybe briefly. But she's, she's horrible. (laughs) Yeah, not a good one. Find a good therapist, folks. Yeah. Um, I think I think she was like a like a military appointed therapist because she mentioned she was in the military, as well. And I just hear um, those are not a good experience, <laughs> from 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 what I have heard. So. I think you heard correctly then. <laughs> so um yeah. Um. But yeah, so final episode. We'll see what happens. Uh. Yeah. It'll, I'm assuming this is a limited series as well, like one. Yeah. Yeah, most likely. Um I would I and I think most of these shows that's what they're going for. Um okay. I think I think if they were to do a quote second season, it would be like a different mini series, you know? Mm-hmm. Which I think would also help like discussions of, of like what order to watch things better as well. If they're like listed separately on on Disney Plus, you know, gotcha. where it's like, oh, we'll yep. watch the first step of the first season of this, but then you got a few movies, and then you got to go back to that show for the second season. Or if you're like, we'll watch this show, this miniseries, and then watch these few movies, and then watch this other miniseries that is a sequel. <laughs> you know, that's easier to to explain, I think. Which makes sense. So, and if there if there is a second season or a second series of this. Um, I would I would say it it should be called uh, Captain America and the White Wolf. <laughs> of course, which would be good progression. Would be would be not only with characters but also titles. Yeah, I did I did I did love um, that they've made it clear that Bucky has like he's accepted the White Wolf as his mantle. You know, it's it's interesting now though because like Bucky is like a combination of of three different characters from the comics at this point, so. It's a lot of source material to pull from. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, it looks like they're, as far as the White Wolf stuff goes, they're kind of removing the aspect of him being, like, T'Challa's adopted brother. Like, they're not, like, welcoming Bucky as a member of the royal family, but he's very much, he's very much welcome as, like, a citizen of Wakanda, I would say. Which is pretty badass. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's in a very elite group of people. <laughs> yeah. It's Wakanda, are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> um, moving on to the next thing we had, though. Uh, Alfred Molina did an interview with Variety. Uh, where I, It was for a different movie. I don't even remember. But of course, you know, Spider-Man got brought up. And he kind of just spilled the beans. I, I feel like he definitely wasn't supposed to say this, but he confirmed what's been rumored for a long time, and that's, uh, you know, the multiverse for for Spider-Man No Way Home. He confirmed it's the same uh, version of the character he played in Spider-Man 2. It picks up right where that left off, you know, where he's fallen into the river, um, sacrificing himself. And he, he talked about... Um, you know, he talked he talked to the director and he was like, well, how's that going to work? My character died. And he was like, well, in this universe, no one really dies. And 
what what I think is is the most likely explanation is that whatever you know, because he had like that whole like reactor and everything. He was trying to like create the sun. You yeah. Know? I'd say the the most likely explanation is that whatever that did opened a portal into the MCU for him, but not just through space. It has to also be through time, uh, because he was talking about um, they're de-aging him for this. So like I, when we say it picks right up where that left off, it picks right up where that left off. Oh shit! So he's presumably been. Unless, unless he hasn't even transferred to another universe, and it's and it's Peter hopping between universes, you know, mm-hmm. who's who's to say? I mean, you know, Doctor Strange is in it, so that could make sense. Um, but, but, uh, but through all of this, still no confirmation on on the other two Spider People being in the film. Um, Please. <laughs> I, I, I think if they are they, it won't be like a big role you know um, yeah. and, and who's to say that Doc Ock even has a big role you know it could be sure. like it could be just a couple scenes or something mm-hmm. um, who knows one concern I'm seeing from a lot of people regarding this is that it's gonna you know undo uh, his arc from Spider-Man 2 you know at the end he's he's willing to make this sacrifice he realizes you know, the error of his ways, that he was being controlled by the arms and everything. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I like to have a little more faith in them than that. You've done a good job up to this point when it comes to stuff like that. Yeah, and 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 people are like, well, if, if he's still alive, then his sacrifice means nothing. Not necessarily. If As long as you believe you're going to die, then a sacrifice still holds all that weight. You know, yeah. <laughs> um, and and you know, people are worried that oh, he's just going to go right back to being evil. Again, not necessarily. He could. This could just be a couple scenes where he you know shows up and, or you know, the arms manage to get back control of him. That's not him going evil. You know, that's that's the arms taking back over. You know, whatever it is. Even he li- even literally a quote from. <laughs> From uh, the interview was the arms do all the work. Now that could have just been you know him making a joke about how he's like oh I feel like I'm barely doing anything because it's all just the CGI arms, but it could have been a a little story hint there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know who knows. Very um, subtle subtle drop. But yeah, I I feel like he definitely wasn't supposed to talk about this. <laughs> With how like tight lipped everything else has been, and then. Yeah. Him just think, dropping this out of nowhere with, like, no prior, like, hints or teases from from any official sources. I find it funny that Tom Holland's been doing a pretty decent job of shutting up this go-around, you know? He has. I, I like, mean, uh... of course we, you know, we <laughs> meme on Tom Holland, you know, he's, oh, he spoilers, all this. But, like, really the only time that he gave away spoilers was uh, was Homecoming. Was when he was marketing Homecoming, and he was just a kid, and he was excited to do a big oh, yeah. movie, you know. Oh yeah, and he he definitely learned, but but Marvel wanted to play into that, and so all these other spoilers he's done have been have been marketing moves, <laughs> which are, doesn't surprise me. Yeah, at all. it's been one hundred percent orchestrated. I mean, you have the video of him quote leaking the title of Far From Home. Um, you have him quote leaking the teaser poster for. 
Avengers Infinity War, which was also sent to him by Mark Ruffalo, the other, you know, spoiler guy. Um, the only time other than when he was marketing Homecoming that I can think of where Tom Holland gave a genuine spoiler um, was he, they, there was this, I, I remember seeing, I remember seeing this, there was this showing of like Infinity War that the cast was, you know, supposed to appear in front of the audience for. Tom Holland thought that they had already seen the movie, not that they were about to see the movie. And so he comes out on stage and says, don't worry, don't worry, guys, I'm still alive, as he comes out on stage. Which just left everyone confused at that point, you know? At that point, he's probably sweating bullets. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, like he... It, it's all marketing moves. Like, aside from those couple instances, it's all marketing moves at this point. Um, and, I mean, it's also pretty obvious because, like, that's how that's how Andrew Garfield got fired. Not for spoilers, but for saying stuff that Sony didn't want him saying, you know? He was speaking against the company and all sorts mm-hmm. of stuff. And They still, they did him dirty. They really did oh, Andrew yeah. Garfield dirty. Because, oh, yeah. like, he cared so much about those movies. Mm-hmm. You know? And... As happy as I am to see Spider-Man in in the MCU, um, and Andrew Garfield could have done so much better. He was the only one that cared about those movies, but he's the face of them. So people see him and they're like, "Oh, those movies are bad. He must be the problem." No, he was far from the problem. The problem was you know the executives and the you know everyone thinking they knew what kids wanted to see and. And these conflicting visions of, you know, Mark Webb wanted to tell these really deep, grounded stories with, of course you do, it's Spider-Man, you know? That's the kind of character he is, but but Sony wanted this big, sprawling, they wanted to build their own universe, and they're like, no, you gotta set up Sinister Six, no, you gotta do this, you gotta do that. And, and completely detracted from, you know, the heart of Amazing Spider-Man 2 is Peter's relationship with Gwen Stacy, you know? Mm-hmm. That's that was supposed that's supposed to be the main point there. And you know, he's also gotta fight Electro or whatever. But then you throw in the Green Goblin, which I don't know, that could have already been part of the plan, but you throw in all these Sinister Six teases, you throw in this whole parent subplot, and it just bogs down the film, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. And and have you heard about like what the plans were for Amazing Spider Man three? According according to the studio? I have not heard them. So, so back in 2014, uh, when the Seth Rogen film, The Interview, was about to come out, um, you know, we had the whole, the whole North Korea hack into Sony. Um, and with that hack, uh, a lot of emails got leaked. Um, and so what Mark Webb wanted was he wanted, he wanted a film about uh, Peter dealing with Gwen's death. You know, he's going to... Uh, relationship counseling, well, not relationship counseling, but like grief counseling and mm-hmm. all of this. And what Sony wanted was more setting up their universe. And we'd bring in Venom as the villain, you know, again. <laughs> um, and Venom, like, gives Peter the black suit. Venom isn't the black suit because they exist simultaneously. Um, and also by this point, I think the Sinister Six movie would have come out. Um, eventually Peter, like, realizes that, that, uh, he can't fight Venom on his own. Venom's too powerful. Um, 
And so he goes, he goes to the Sinister Six to ask them for help, which is, that's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Right off the bat there. (laughs) Um, And the worst part, the worst part of all of this, the Sinister Six thinks his black suit is so stupid that they laugh at him until he cries and takes it off. This was in like those emails. <laughs> and then the <laughs> and then the symbiote that made up that black suit goes along its way and finds its way to this homeless man named Cletus Cassidy and that is setting up carnage for the Venom movie down the line, you know. <laughs> Which by the way is also just like a complete change of who Cletus Cassidy is. I mean, Cletus Cassidy is supposed to be this like horrible serial killer, you know. And that's why the symbiote loves him so much, you know, because, oh, it's, it's the Carnage symbiote. Oh, I can, oh, I really can get into this twisted mind and we can, we can do all these great things together, you know, mm-hmm. all these horrible things. And instead, it's just, it's this homeless man who's, like, been, been kicked around too many times and wants some revenge. That's different. Cletus Cassidy's not supposed to be a sympathetic character, you know? No. He's a deranged serial killer, and that's what makes Carnage fun. <laughs> I love Carnage. Carnage, Carnage is a great villain. Um, I really hope I really hope this this next Venom movie uh, does him well. I mean, it's Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson can play that type of character. I um, love some Woody Harrelson. And they don't have him in that shitty, shitty wig from the first movie. <laughs> Which is good. Yeah. I, I, I mean... <laughs> I mean, have you seen that recently? It looks it looks like he's not even wearing the wig. It looks like he's just balancing it on his head. I haven't seen it recently, no. Oh, God, it was so bad. Which is weird, because it's like... The rest of the movie had, like, a pretty good, like, costuming and production value and all of that. So it's just really out of place to have such a horrible wig right there when everything else in the movie looked fine, you know? I, oh I, actually, I actually really yeah. liked the first Venom movie. Um, yeah, I thought it was fun. It wasn't what was marketed. <laughs> like, the marketing was completely off because they tried to push it as, like, this horror or thriller movie. When, no, it's a it's a gay buddy cop rom-com. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's what it was. Yep. It's what it was. Um, I just looked up that wig and, oh, my God, you're right. Yeah. Um... Yeah, it's a it's it's a silly movie, and it's Tom Hardy being goofy, you know, which I is love good. Tom Hardy, yeah, I love Tom Hardy. I, I let him be goofy more often. Like he plays a lot of serious characters, but but Eddie Brock was a really good like he was really good for that. He was really good mm-hmm. as that goofy dude. Right. I, I'd love to see him do that more often, because that's that's really outside of his uh, his typecast. But I don't think I could picture anyone else in that specific movie. I'm with you. I mean, typecasting kind of sucks. I mean, Bones tends to play like mega badasses, like Mad Max Fury Road and mm-hmm. Bang. Batman movie. And yeah, it was fun seeing him in something. It was kind of like uh, when Daniel Craig branched out from uh, the uh, James Bond movies and did mm-hmm. Knives mm-hmm. Out. Yeah. And you tell that they're both kind of having fun with it. Well, I'm going back to, because you were talking about Falcon Winter Soldier, um, Dan- Daniel Bruhl. Um, like when he was acting in Germany and whatever, he was he was always just cast as like the nice guy. He was like, oh, he's the he's the guy that you know you you take home to your parents and 
you know, all that. And it wasn't until uh, Tarantino casted him in Inglorious Bastards where he was allowed to be a villain. And he, he was like, oh, I like playing the villain so much more. And, you know, it was definitely that that got him Zemo, of course. So Yeah. Um, yeah. Fun fact, he's also the German dub of Lightning McQueen. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's an interesting one, isn't it? <laughs> it's an interesting one. It's fucking um, funny, though. Yeah. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. But, yeah. Um, anyway. My point was they really messed up those Amazing Spider-Man movies. <laughs> yeah. Like, real bad. Real, real bad. Um, so, you know, hopefully hopefully we do get the other Spider-Man in this next movie. And and Andrew Garfield gets gets some care in whatever little time he, w- he would get, you know? Now, one thing I would also love is if um, post-credit scene of No Way Home, you know, we've got the... The three Spider-Men hanging around or whatever. Um, however, whatever leads that them to doing that. Um, and, you know, Doctor Strange pulls up or something like that and is like, hey, you guys are needed somewhere else right now. And uh, boom, into the Spider-Verse sequel. It's got all three of them in it. It's continuing from there. Connects, you know, brings in the live-action Spider-Men into that and connects it to that other multiverse story. That'd be pretty fucking wild. They're coming out pretty close to each other, you know. Tom Holland was already supposed to get a cameo in the first one. Not, like, as Spider-Man, but as, like, some dude in, in a subway station. Like, in the, in the subway station, he was just supposed to be some dude that's, like, watch it or hey or something like that, you know. Like, a single line thing. But I would love I would love if they could connect this and make it, like, canon to those characters and let them, like. Yeah, I think that'd be fun. We'll see. We'll see what happens, but, um, but that I I I want I want to see the live action Spider Man involved in into the Spider Verse. I think I think there could be some fun some fun things to do there. Oh yeah. Uh, also, I'd like to see how they how they decide to animate their suits in that style. That would be that'd be a cool thing to see. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. I don't know, I just figured it would, like, translate. <laughs> but you gotta tweak stuff, I suppose. Yeah, well, you gotta make it stylized. And I'd especially like to see Maguire's suit with the raised webbing. and mm-hmm. I, I think that could, could transfer to animation very well. Um, I mean, they tried before. Because there was that... Oh, what was it called? What was, what was that series called? They had, like, a Spider-Man... A 3D animated Spider-Man cartoon that was, like, based around that same... Tobey Maguire's version. Um, it was obviously non-canon, but it you know it used like the same font and the logo and everything, and it was like a branched timeline after the first movie, or something like that. Um, it was all right. Like the was stories... it on TV or was it like straight to DVD? It was on stuff? like MTV, I think. What? That's a weird channel to throw that up on. They did some cartoons for a while, but um. But yeah, it was it, it wasn't like with that the actors from the movies or anything. It was just But yeah, it I wish I could remember what it's called, Adventures of Spider-Man. Something, something like that. But uh not the best animation quality, but otherwise a pretty good a pretty decent show. 
Um, but anyway, moving on, uh, we've had a couple new uh, trailers and teasers in the past couple weeks. Um, yeah, we there was there was a Loki trailer last week that we actually ended up not talking about because we just had so much other stuff that we'd like we'd missed out from previously from missing mm-hmm. an episode that we just didn't squeeze it in. But um, I would like to. Or, well, no, I think we actually touched on it for a second, didn't we? Because you're talking it about was like very. I think it was very brief. Like Loki being a variant and whatever. I actually don't yeah. remember if there's anything else I wanted to say about that. And I, I, I don't want to, like, repeat everything <laughs> um, for, you know, but because that wouldn't make the, for the most interesting program here. But I, oh, oh, I, I do, I do have something, though, I can add to that because they, there was a quote from Tom Hiddleston recently talking about it. And, and um, the first stuff I'd like to say, I really love how all of these Marvel shows are very much, like, character studies um they you know they explore different aspects you know with wanda and with bucky it's they're both about dealing with their traumas um with sam it's you know it's about dealing with you know the pressures of of you know what does it mean to be a black captain america which oh my god we completely skipped over talking about Bradley. bradley in that episode let's circle back to that um in a moment here because I did, I did just want to say um, what Tom Hiddleston said about Loki was um, it's very much about um, identity and all the possible selves you can be and, and how that influences who you are, um, which definitely makes sense. He, you know, mm-hmm. He's this alternate, alternate timeline Loki. He's jumping around to all these other timelines, and he's likely going to be meeting more other Lokis and seeing, you know, well, how would, you know, he would see, how does this event, how would this event change who I am? You know, all this. So. Yeah, there's a lot they could do with that show, to be honest. Yeah. A lot of different directions to go. Um, personally, I really hope they'll, they'll canonize Loki's uh, gender fluidity because he's, he's been gender fluid for a long time in the comics mm. and. And, you know, we're, we already know for sure we're getting, like, a, a Lady Loki is going to be in it. Um, they could even bring in Kid Loki and have that set up for Young Avengers <laughs> if they wanted him on the roster. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Um, they don't have to. They don't have to. That's that's one that I, I'm less, like, that I'm, like, more a little more okay with them not having because he wasn't, like, part of the original lineup. I don't know if there'd be much room for him in the story, but if they wanted to, the opportunity's there. Um, but yeah, oh my god, let's circle back to Isaiah Bradley. I can't believe we totally forgot to talk about that. That conversation had some real weight to it. That was some heavy shit. <laughs> heavy, heavy shit. And obviously, you know, we're both we're both white people. Yeah. And we don't we cannot relate to that, and I I don't want to say anything to try to speak over you know, what's being said there. Um, but, you know, the best we can do is, is to listen and to understand. And, you know, obviously these are, these are a fictional person's experiences, but it's still very reflective of, you know, the real world. You know, we see Isaiah did the same thing Steve did. He went behind enemy lines and he, 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 he rescued 
prisoners of war, and he got put in jail for it. Slap on the wrist. Yeah, Steve was praised, was made, you know, an official official soldier, because he wasn't really before. He was, he was an actor, you know? I, he, like, got actually promoted to captain and all that, and... Ah. You know, just, they... just realizing it's this, they did the same thing. <laughs> um, did they mention, like, what part of, what unit he was a part of? I feel like they did. What part Bradley was a part of? Yeah. I don't know. I don't think so. He talked about, like, other units. He talked about, like, the Red Tails, but he wasn't part of the Red Tails. He okay, just, yeah. He just, like, talked about seeing the Red Tails. Okay, yeah. Okay, so I thought that was his unit, which the Red Tails are, like, a African-American, uh, Air no. squadron. I don't. I don't think he. I don't. I could be wrong, but I don't think he was part of them. I think he just talked about like seeing them. Okay. When he was talking about how like I used to be like you and all that. Yep. Um But you actually mentioned, you know, a few episodes ago, you're talking about the the tetanus thing, which they, they they talk they talk about here. Um, oh. They paralleled. They paralleled here, where they were like, oh, where they're like, oh, it's a tetanus shot, but it was the super soldier serum. In the real world, it was. They said it was like a tetanus shot, but it was it was syphilis. Yeah. Yep. Um. So I thought I I just I just thought it was interesting that you had like already mentioned that, and then <laughs> that turned out to be you know they turned out to parallel it on the show, which is good. There being's like real world shit mm-hmm. that like a lot of people didn't know about into the scene. The only reason I knew about it is because. Um, we had like a list of books in high school that we could read from, and I chose one book, and I ended up being in that book. And I was like, "Oh shit!" Hmm. So yeah, I feel like it's interesting. That was good that they added that in there, so more people know about it. So I don't. Know, I don't. That's probably. I mean, again. it's it's barely a mention. I don't think people that didn't already know about it would catch it. Fuck. The way it was, you know, the way they said it, but but yeah. This show's good. This show's good. Yeah, and also, I actually really like it now. <laughs> all the all I'm, all the people that are that are, like that were still still I don't see as much of it, but still people are trying to deny that the show's about race. You know, after that conversation, um, which also let's talk about like, God, I did not realize how much episode four would expose some of y'all. Oh my god, the like the people like you have you seen all the people defending John Walker online? <laughs> the saying that he's like he's like he was like justified in what he was doing and all that. It's like how clearly do they have to paint this as a bad thing for you to get it? <laughs> I need all the actors to come on and be like John Walker's a bad dude. Yeah. It stupid. Stupid. It's frustrating too and like it's so in your face and people still just choose to deny it yeah and and oh my god the one i the one i hate the most where people are like well thor did it to thanos how's this any different because that was thor and thanos not captain america and some and some not not he, he wasn't even a terrorist he was oh. a member of the organization that that, that like he was not a participant in the terrorism. That was, like, all, um, 
Why am I completely blanking on her name? It's okay, I'm totally blanking on her name right now. Carly. That was all Carly. Carly. Yep. She was the only one doing any terrorism. And so that was all her. He was just a member of that organization. And he was surrendering. And also, John Walker was Captain America. You know, that's the symbol. And he tainted that symbol. Very much, you know, the shield is supposed to be the flag. And he stained that flag with blood. You know? I really like that one scene, too, where... Uh, I think it was right away in the beginning. Where, uh... Thanos... Uh, had just killed trillions of people. And Thor was Thor. He, there was no symbol that you know he was trying to uphold or anything. No. That was very much... like it, It's not comparable. <laughs> nope. And the people who are trying to compare it are... Stupid. <laughs> also, it's just like... No matter what... You know, if your if your enemy is surrendering, right then and there, it is your responsibility to take care of them. Yep. From that moment, the moment they surrender, you take care of them. <laughs> I really like the uh, shot right at the start of the fight too, where Thor and um, Thanos don't have to abide to those rules. They're not from Earth. No. Nah. <laughs> There's a. Uh... And um, right before that, like, fight sequence where they fight for the shield, too, there's, like, a scene where there's, like, a moment where you see John Walker and he's kind of, like, he's up close to the camera and kind of, like, shadowy. Mm-hmm. And then um, Winter Soldier and Falcon, like, are in the background and, like, the light's beaming in through the warehouse or whatever. And it's, like, illuminating them. I thought that shot yeah. was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, let's close this out with talking about that, that Shang-Chi trailer. Or the teaser. That was, that was some good stuff, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it was, uh, they, 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 they put it out for, for Simu, uh, Lou's birthday. It was his birthday when they put that out. And, uh, he didn't even, he didn't even know that the teaser was going to come out. He, he was just told to share the poster. And I think even when he shared the poster, he was like, the trailer will be out in a few weeks. And then Marvel just like, on all their social media, it was like, surprise, happy birthday, here's the teaser. That's pretty fucking cool. Yeah. That's pretty cool. And and I think, especially for him, you know, that's gotta be so cool, because he is so excited to be part of this. Like, I've no, I, like, I know the actors, like, get excited about this stuff, you know, they're, they're doing a big movie, they're playing popular characters. I have not seen someone as excited as him to take this on. You know, he's been he's been championing championing the idea of of an Asian superhero in the MCU for a long time now. Um, and to get to play that character, to get to lead that movie, um, as someone he's very much a fan of these movies as well. Um, you know, I just know he's freaking out about it. And he should be because the trailer looks fucking awesome. Yeah, and. Uh, the cinematography is incredible. It seems very much, you know, it is a martial arts movie uh, more than it is a superhero movie uh, because he doesn't have superpowers or anything. He's just really good at martial arts. And I think that's, that's, that's very evident in the filmmaking style. They very much seem to have taken some of that, that Eastern 
filmmaking style, you know, where you actually show the hit instead of cutting away right before. And mm-hmm. what, I, what I learned when I took my high school film literature class was, um, and, and, and it, it's not, it, it's harder to tell from like a teaser because, you know, it's, it's going like quick shots to show a bunch of things. Yep. But the difference is in, in the East, they show one hit twice. We're here in the West, we don't show it at all. You know, in the West, you know, if there's someone is hit in the face, the cut stops right before they're hit, and it, the other shot starts uh, right after they're hit. Where in the East, the cut stops right after they're hit, and then the next shot starts right before they're hit. So you see the hit happen twice. It's a very quick succession, so you don't really, like, notice that you've seen it twice, but you do. And that makes the hit have more impact. Um, And that seems to be what they're going with here, you know? We see... They don't cut away, but, you know, especially that moment where he's, like, hitting the two guys. Like, he punches them and then kicks them on the bus, and it doesn't cut away at all. That's very much that's very much that. Um, now, one big deviation from the comics that I think is interesting is what they're doing with the Mandarin here. Um, because they're making they're making the Mandarin like just this is a new character. This is a new character that they're giving the title of Mandarin to. The Mandarin was never Shang Chi's father no. in the comics, but that creates a very interesting story here. I think, you know, about he wants Shang-Chi to, 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 it looks like he wants him to take up the mantle or at least, or at least in some sense, you know, the, the legacy or whatever of, of the Mandarin and the Ten Rings and Shang-Chi doesn't, doesn't want to do that. <laughs> um, which speaking of those Ten Rings, another huge deviation, uh, cause they appear to be more, uh, bracelet-like. Yeah, I mean not bracelet like they are bracelets. They're yeah. running up the arm instead of ten rings, which I think that's probably for the better because in the comics the ten rings are so similar to the Infinity Stones that this close after Infinity War and Endgame it would just feel like rehashing that. Yeah. So I think turning it into just kind of like this one thing that has like one or two abilities to it or whatever um, makes more sense. Now. I have seen a theory going around that could be it could be very interesting is that while they may be bracelets uh you know they might be they might be just the right size to be rings for a dragon the uh starts an f specifically fing fang foom fing fang foom yeah. uh who has been rumored for this film for a while and I saw some people kind of debunking that with like well there was a lego set that leaked and it did have a dragon but that was like an eastern style dragon with the tiny arms and whatever and it's like yeah but lego could have just been told to include a dragon and not been given that specific you know yeah um so it's like oh what but what if what if that is what if those are you know those are ring sized on a giant dragon and it's so, just a bracelet for a human, you know? That could be... <laughs> what if, you know? Yeah. Where does Shang-Chi take place, then? Um, so... He's, like, he's living in America. But okay. I think most of the film takes place in China. 
Okay, cool. But like, because you were talking about like he's he's like went out to live his life for ten years. He went to America to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and he made some friends, including uh, Katie, played by the wonderful Aquafina. <laughs> I'm I'm so excited for her to be part of the MCU. She's so funny. Yes. Um, she's great in in Crazy Rich Asians. Um, underutilized in that film, that which is ridiculous. I mean, that film's got some some great cast, um, but somehow somehow she just managed to be underutilized in it. You know what I mean? Um, we just didn't get as much of her as we could have. I mean, she wasn't a major character, but still. No, well, I mean she was kind of. She was like the best friend. She was eh, medium level character. Um, she Fun. was also in the newest Jumanji, which was not. I didn't love that movie. <laughs> I didn't love the new Jumanji. I liked the second one. Or, like, the first one of, like, the these sequels, you know? But... The second one I didn't care for as much. Because it just felt like it was rehashing. Um, but... I punched my mic, I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> I, was, I was trying to stretch okay. it as fucking clocked it. Um, but what I first saw her in was, was Ocean's 8. Which... I did not have high expectations going into, and I loved. <laughs> I still haven't seen that. I haven't seen I, any of the other Ocean's movies, but I loved Ocean's 8. <laughs> I really liked the uh, the first ones. Mm. I just haven't seen the new one yet. I got a big-ass backlog of movies I have to watch. It's a, it's a good cast. It's a very well-put-together cast for that movie. They work very well together. Yeah, okay, that's what I thought. I was like, is Sandra Bullock in it? Yeah, yeah. she's in it. Yeah, right, she's like the main one. She is she is Ocean. She's like George Clooney's sister or something. Okay. So yep. it's not like a complete reboot. Like it is like a more of a spin-off sequel type thing. Gotcha. Um, but you know, Kate Blanchett, Rihanna. Yeah, I'm Anne looking Hathaway. at the cast and it's like, holy fuck, there's a lot of big name people yep. in this. The aforementioned Aquafina. <laughs> Going back um, to Crazy Rich Asians real quick for like two seconds. Yeah. I had jaw surgery and I like um, had to stay in the hospital for a little bit mm-hmm. just so they could like monitor me and whatnot. And uh, the night after the surgery, I was like super hopped up, you know, on drugs. Mm-hmm. And I woke up at like three in the morning and Crazy Rich Asians came on and that was the first time I saw it. And I was <laughs> like, this movie's pretty fucking awesome. <laughs> I went home and I think I watched it like two more times. <laughs> it's a It's a funny movie. It is. Um, yeah, I need to watch it again. I haven't seen it in a while. A couple of years, I think, at this point. When did that come out? It came out 2018, I think? Yep, 2018. Yeah. I didn't see it when it came out, but I saw it like on DVD not too long after. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like, saw it. I, was, I think I was at a friend's house, and their dad had just rented it from Redbox, and he wanted to watch it with me. So, so he was he was like, wait... Let's like don't bring this, take this back to Redbox until after we watch it. Yeah, it's solid too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it was interesting. The first time I watched the teaser, I didn't pick up that much, but then I realized no, there is there is actually like a lot of story we can we can glean out of that, and also it helps that there was a there was an Entertainment Weekly article that dove into a bit more of it, mm-hmm. um, just solidifying certain things. Like I wasn't certain. That his dad was the Mandarin, but no, it's... They're like, yes, he is. Um, it is interesting, though, because this seems to be, like... 
like the first like completely new thing for Marvel in a while, you know? Yeah. Like like Captain Marvel, like it still had a lot of like connections to Guardians, you know, a few characters here and there and it, it clearly they, you know, they were setting it up for a lot of other things, which I'm sure Shang-Chi will will set up other things as well, but probably to a lesser degree. But um but, like, the only real connection this has is that, you know, we had a fake Mandarin in Iron Man 3. You know, I still like that. I still I, I still defend that choice. I think Trevor was a fun character. Um, I, I can understand... I understand the disappointment people have not, you know, not seeing Iron Man fight the Mandarin. But I like Trevor Slattery. Um, and Ben Kingsley did a, did a good job. He's a good actor. Um... And and the other big connection being you know the Ten Rings, which we've seen again in the Iron Man movies, just kind of mentioned here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, as as an organization, the organization that kidnapped Iron Man. So it's like it's like those connections are there, but it you know they were such small things before, where they're like being like properly expanded on here, where like you know it was like. In Captain Marvel, it was larger things just being brought in to, like, be part of Captain Marvel. And, like, Black Panther, when they did Black Panther, you know, he was already introduced in Civil War, so that didn't make Black Panther, like, a completely new thing. Like, yep. And I think it also helps that, that Shang-Chi has a very distinct style, you know? It's some, some beautiful cinematography based on that teaser. Um, that I can't sh- for the architecture. That's, like, my favorite thing in the world. That shot where like the lady in the in the green dress like floats across the leaves or whatever mm-hmm. she was doing that shot was was awesome. Um, so yeah, I'm 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 excited just to to see them pull it all pull it all together. Um, and also just like it's a new genre for them, you know, taking on a martial arts movie. They haven't done that. I mean, I should say a new sub genre because it's you know it's still an action movie. They all are action movies, but yeah. You know, they haven't done a martial arts movie, so. This feels like what Iron Fist should have been. Um, Which is sad. Iron Fist should have flopped hard. The problem was they, like, rushed it so much, like, the actor, like, never had enough time to learn the choreography for fight scenes, and so they just looked sloppy. I hear the second season is better, but I haven't seen it. Um, I know they had got a new showrunner for the second season. Um, because the showrunner of the first season left to do the Inhumans show, which was worse. <laughs> That's a slippery slope. Oh, yeah. The Inhumans show sucked. Um, I do remember, though, it was kind of funny because, like, Inhumans was originally supposed to be a movie. Um, once Kevin Feige actually, like, got full control over Marvel Studios, he wasn't interested in doing that movie. So he kind of just turned it over to Marvel Television for them to take it. And so to kind of make up for the fact that it wasn't a movie anymore and that it was becoming a TV show, um, there was an event where they played the first two episodes in IMAX. I went to that event. It, uh... Wasn't... No, why not? Here's the thing. I actually liked the first couple episodes and I liked the last episode. So so after that event, I was like I was sold on the show because like the first two episodes I enjoyed. Um, I still had my problems with them, but 
the thing is also the first couple episodes there are scenes shot with IMAX cameras. Very unusual for a TV show, but it, you know it, it made it work very well on IMAX. Other parts though, I was like, this was definitely not intended to be seen on a screen this big. <laughs> the CGI is not good enough for a screen this big. Yeah. You know? Things like that. So, um, like, okay, my biggest, com- my biggest complaint with that show was that they shaved Medusa's head in the first episode. Her entire power is that she has, like, control over her hair and, like, uses it as limbs and stuff. Which probably would have been the most expensive special effect to do on that show. So how do they handle that? Uh, they shave her head in the first episode so that they don't have to deal with it. And just they just get rid of her power. <laughs> it's, That's fucking sad. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was one of the scenes they did in IMAX too, because like where they had like very dynamic shots of the hair falling to the ground and whatever. Like I mean, it's like a four. Like she doesn't shave her head. It's like she's held down and is shaved. Like it's it is the villain trying to take away her power, but still. Still weird though. Yeah. Um. It. I. That show had so much more potential too. Like there. There was an interesting like concept of a story there where it's like. It's like oh the the brother that that didn't get the powers. Um. He he thinks he should should rule and he you know stages his own coup and becomes the king of Adelan and like there was an interesting thing there and the actor had been on Game of Thrones and I hear he was like a good actor and. Yeah, he did the best he could <laughs> with what he was given. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, that's all you can do. I think the guy that played Black Bolt, um, you know, for not for not being able to talk, he acted very well. He was he was expressive and he was able to communicate very well. Um, I hear that he worked with some people to like develop his own sign language because they wouldn't have American sign language. They live on the moon. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was like based a little bit on, it was, it was based on like a few different sign languages. Um, and, and, you know, I thought that was interesting and, and there, there is a, there is like a very good moment in the last episode where, you know, it's kind of like everything's coming to a close, uh, their moon city is falling apart. Like the dome that like keeps air in there is collapsing. And he, he, through some reason or another, he like just knows that like he has to like keep his brother there. And so he kind of like locks him down in like this, this, um, bunker area. And, you know, the only lines he speaks in the entire series, he says, uh, goodbye brother as, you know, his blast, you know, shoots out and collapses the building on top of him. I, sh- I should say, he didn't kill his brother doing that. He, like, had him in the basement, but he collapsed, like, covered, covering any potential exit um, that he could have had from the building. Gotcha. So. Yeah. And, Shit. Uh, and then they go to Hawaii. Most of the series takes place in Hawaii for some reason. I don't know why. I don't know why specifically Hawaii. Um, the weirdest thing, though, was that, like, the IMAX version cut out a few scenes so like i still had to watch the episodes again on tv (laughs) so that was that was strange 
That is weird. Why would they do that? Like, I don't know. For like I a, didn't see a, any positive was, point in that. It was probably like, I don't know, probably, they were probably like restricted to a certain run time so that they could do a certain, like however many showings in a day or whatever. Ah, yeah, without well, things. But it, it was still weird. Anyway, we talked about Marvel for a long time here, didn't we? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, good thing there wasn't really too much else <laughs> happening. It's been kind of about. a dead week for a lot of stuff. Yeah, except Marvel. Yeah. I think so. the only thing interesting that happened this week that I can even think of is, like, new Apex trailer. But even that was, like, we don't know anything about it, so there's no point in unpacking it too much. Mm, mm. Uh, Dead by Daylight had a had like they announced their Resident Evil collaboration. I hope Leon's Ooh. the survivor. I won't care if it's not Leon. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, Resident the Resident Evil Two remake is the only one I've played, and I care about Leon and Claire. I don't care about like Resident Evil as a series, so I'm interested yeah. in them. So I'll play four. I'll watch that new anime that's coming out for Netflix. But other than that, <laughs> I'm not. Not, I don't care that much. Yeah. I never played that. Was it fun? Resident Evil 2, the remake, it's really fun. Yeah, I really liked it. It's short. It's short. Gotcha. Um, that's good. Like, you could, like, if you know, like, the puzzles and everything, you can play it. Like, you can you can play it in one sitting, like, a couple hours. Breeze through it. Yeah. At least, like, a story. Yeah. Because, yeah, there's two stories. And two versions of each story. Because you have, like, a, it's like Leon first run, Claire second run, Claire first run, Leon second run, or whatever. So. Hmm. Um, yeah, anyway. We gotta wrap this up, because I have things I have to do. So, I'll see you all next week, or we won't see you. And, in fact, you won't see us, but you will hear us. And that's how podcasts work. I hope you don't see me. That'd be creepy as shit. Yeah. I got my webcam covered up. Bye. Bye.